Uh, turn around. Everyone just look over to, the, to, to your left, my right. Our children are not getting dismissed out of the sanctuary. They're being invited to go to their classes where they hear more and more about Jesus. And as Frank said, more, about the, more and more about their identity in the living God. Um, and so this morning, uh, we are in the series Hearing the Voice of God. And so if this is your first time in here or, and you're from another church, welcome. Uh, we're just, we're, we're, this is our, our wrap up of the hearing, the hearing the Voice of God and how important, uh, one of the things we do here often is we ask two questions. What is God saying and how will I respond? And if we ask the first question and we're honest about it, we, we do need to hear the voice of God. We need to know what that looks like, how, how, where it comes from, and to, and to know that God is speaking to us. Um, and so uh, before we jump in, though, to, uh, in, into our text um, and, and where we'll be this morning, I do want to say that, that October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Today happens to be Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And so if you're in the room as a pastor and also spouse, uh, ministry leader in those ways, would you stand, please? Remain standing. I know you're used to standing on Sunday anyway, so this shouldn't be a shock. <laughs> Thank you for shepherding your flocks. Those connecting with us on the live stream, thank you for shepherding your flocks into good pasture, into green grass, into areas that God is calling you to care and to love for your people. Thank you. Okay, you can, you can take a seat. Um, this morning we're going to dive into Mark chapter 1, and uh, I got a reader, so every Sunday we have a reader, and today, Samson, are you in the room? Come on up. You, can, you guys can turn to Mark chapter 1, Samson's going to come up and read for us. You want to put it on here? Okay. Samson, what grade are you in? Fourth. All right. Samson's going to read Mark chapter 1, verse 15. You've been practicing all week? I love it. All right, hold it up here. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Great. Can we give it up for Samson? Yeah. Thanks, buddy. So, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. It's, a, it's, not a, it's not a long verse, but it says Jesus telling his disciples, right? The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand or is near. Repent and believe in the good news. When he says time, he's talking about kairos. And if, if those for us who were at PNA Connect, we've, we've been talking about kairos moments. What are those moments that God is getting our attention. So when God says, when Jesus says the time has come, he's not saying the time on your watch. It's not noon, it's not six, it's not three. A moment in time, God is uh, saying, There's, I, want you, I want your attention. Pay attention. Notice what's going on. The time has come. There's other portions in scripture where, where kairos is used for time, not chronos, like time on a watch or in the day, but a moment in time. 
And it usually has to do with the, the, the time of, of the kingdom of God is at hand, the time of, that God's kingdom is breaking in. Pay attention. Notice what's going on. Don't miss it. The time has come. The, 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 the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. The idea of repenting from where we've been, where we've been focusing or facing, right? And not, not necessarily repenting from sin, though that is part of it, but repenting from, I'm just a bit off. I've been going this direction, but God's calling me over here. Can I adjust? Can I repent from where I'm looking so I can be focused on the true north of where God's calling me? of where God wants me to face, of where God's uh, desiring for, for me to look and to walk this out. Because if we're talking about uh, needing to hear the voice of God, of, of how I'm going, of, of, of what is God saying, I need to know, I need to hear him. I need to be focused on him. So when these Kairos moments come, it's a time mark in, marked in moments, a significant events of when our lives change or we have at least had the opportunity to do, to do so. Kairos moments come to people and to nations and to individuals. They're both positive and they're negative. God uses these moments to bring our focus back to him and to help us prioritize what is important. So the question for, for, for us this morning and, and for these Kairos moments is, how do we ensure that we don't miss these Kairos moments and use them to learn and to change? Because there are times that will come and they're Kairos moments, but we'll pass them by. Something else will come in and distract us and, 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 and divert our focus from what God is trying to show us, just going on with the everyday mundane or the thing that becomes the, the crisis moment or the, or, or, or the most important thing in that time. And we, and we pass by the Kairos moment. One of the things that God has done for me, and this has been beautiful and also frustrating at the same time. Anybody else there, beautiful and frustrating that God's doing, yeah? Okay, just me? All right. Is that these Kairos moments come and I'll get distracted and it'll pass me by. But guess what God's so good at doing? He'll offer another one. And another one. And another one. And so in, in my life, I, have, I, I call these divine echoes for me. These divine echoes of this God getting my attention, this Kairos moment Hey, pay attention, Devin. I want to show you something. I want to show you more of who I am as your God, as your Father, and I want you to understand more of who you are because of me. So pay attention. And I'll get distracted and something else will come, right? And, and, and then that moment will pass by. And I won't have repented or believed and recognized the kingdom of God is near. But then another Kairos moment will come. And I'll be like, oh, well, that sounds really similar to what I just experienced or what I just heard or what I just saw. And as the pattern continues, it, 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 it's a divine echo, a divine echo of God calling out to me, pay attention, I've got something for you. I want you to hear me. I want you to see me. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to pay attention to know that I am at work in your life right now. Do you see it? Will you stop long enough to reflect to observe what's going on, to invite other people into the conversation, to discover at the heart of that moment, at the heart of that kairos, what it is God is inviting me into, and to, and to change, to live out differently, to be transformed out of that moment, to be more kingdom-minded, to repent from where I've been uh, distracted or adjusted, to be true north with God. 
to find his way and to find his will, to lay down the things that I find important and to grab hold of the things that God says, these are what's important. This is what you need to focus on. All through scripture, we can even see divine, divine echoes, right? Divine echoes are these Kairos moments on repeat. Like when the record player, did I date myself? <laughs> well, it's coming back, right? Everything that was is now back in style. As the record player gets stuck on that spot, it doesn't, it doesn't just automatically hop off of that, right? You have to move it. It has to be adjusted. And so as you're listening to a record and it's playing and then it skips and it skips and it's on repeat, it's on repeat, it takes, it takes an effort, an action, a response to adjust it, to keep moving it in to the, to the next part of that record. In the same way, it's true for our life. In these Kairos moments on repeats, these divine echoes, it takes effort and response to step into that, into where God is calling to see that change and transformation. He's calling us in, into a closer relationship with him. For me, sometimes these Kairos moments are not about the doing, but more about the being. In fact, mostly it's about the being. Being with God, being his child. Sometimes I can get distracted with the doing. Well, I need to do this. This needs to get done. I gotta check this off. I gotta fix this. I gotta walk into this. And in these Kairos moments, God's inviting me to be with him to experience his presence, to, th to know that he is my God and I am his child, to know that his kingdom is coming to earth as it is in heaven. Let's look at these, some, some of these divine echoes through scripture. Um, when I see divine echoes through scripture, when I'm reading through a passage, um, I, I like to, I, I refer to them as hyperlinks, right? When we're on the computer, you read something and they have a link there and it clicks you to another page. When I'm reading scripture and and in this uh, particular portion of scripture, Mark chapter 12, um, Jesus is, is getting questioned, right? What's the, what's the greatest commandment, um, right? And he hyperlinks back to the Torah, back to Deuteronomy, back to uh, the Old Testament, back to God's word. And in Mark chapter 12, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard this before, yes? Jesus is questioned um, by the scribes, by the Pharisees, by the teachers of the law. And he hyperlinks back to the Old Testament, to, to the Torah, to God's law. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, is one Lord. You shall love your Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the, the recall of scripture, the, the divine echoes through scripture, it echoes the truth of God and who we are because of him. Jesus does this again in the temptation when he's out in the wilderness, in the desert, and he's fasting for 40 days, and then, then the evil one, then the tempter, then the devil comes upon him and offers him these different temptations. And how does Jesus respond? by hyperlinking the divine echoes of scripture back to the Old Testament. In Matthew chapter four, all of these temptations, he, he quotes back to Deuteronomy, to the Torah, to God's word, to the law. It helps us, the recall of scripture helps us to echo the truth of who God is and who we are because of him. It gives us a landing place that if Jesus is in the wilderness getting tempted by the evil one, 
when we are in our everyday life and getting tempted by the everyday mundane or the everyday things, the, the moral and ethical things that we face on every day, where's our landing spot? Where's our divine echo calling us back to? Where are we hyperlinking to the truth of who God is and who we are because of him? There's also divine echoes in the prophetic, in the prophetic word in John chapter 14. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples, letting him know, here's what's going to happen, right? And even Thomas is, is questioning. So in, 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 in John chapter 14, starting in verse one, it says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my, father, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, uh, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am. There you may be also. And you will know... Uh, the way where I am going. And Thomas questions, like, how are we gonna know where you're going? He's, he's calling out to them, here is what's going to happen. Here's what's going to take place. The prophetic word, be ready, be prepared. And, and Thomas's questions, Lord, do we not know where you're going? How do we know the way? Maybe we've heard this verse before. Jesus replies to Thomas in this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He continues on in this conversation with his disciples. Um, and then, and then he, we, we, we skip ahead to verse 25. It says this, and more the prophetic of what's coming. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all, he will teach you all things and bring to, to, you, to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, uh, do I give to you, but uh, do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You have heard that I have said to you, go, uh, I go away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father and the Father is greater than I. Now that I have told you, uh, told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. So when it happens, you may believe. Right, so this divine echo through the prophetic word, through the prophetic voice of what is about to take place. Jesus is telling his disciples, I give to you peace. I leave with you peace. Not only that, but the helper, the Holy Spirit will come before I come and return to you. So don't be fearful. Don't be afraid, but believe. The prophetic words echoes God's voice for his people to trust and obey. To trust and and obey. And all through scripture, we can, we can read about the prophets who are given a word from God to go to God's people to offer it. Will you trust and obey where he, what he's called you to do and where he's called you to be? Is there a divine echo in there? Have you heard from others who have come in and have offered a, a prophetic word to help you remain on the true north to where God is calling you to be and to remain with him? Does that divine echo call you back to that Kairos moment, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe in the good news? There are divine echoes through dreams and visions as well through scripture, right? We have the story of, of Gideon in Judges chapter seven. And Gideon is fearful. The, the army is, is sort of filled up the valley like locusts. They're all over and they're hit, the, God's people, Gideon and God's people are hidden in the caves up in the hills. And God says, I'm gonna give you victory in this. Of course, Gideon looks out and he's like, I'm not really sure how that's gonna happen, God. And so God says, if, if my word isn't enough, 
sit for that for a moment. If my word isn't enough, Gideon, go down and, and hear. Hear hear what they're talking about. So he and his uh, companion, they go down and, and they're hidden um, among the edges of the enemy in their encampment. And what does he overhear? He, over, he overhears some soldiers who have had a vision, have had a dream, and one's recounting, recounting it to another about how they're going to be uh, obliterated, wiped out, uh, overthrown, taken, uh, right, taken uh, captive. And so the, the soldier's recounting it to the other one. And as the other, other soldier's hearing this, this dream that this other soldier has had, he interprets it saying, we've been given over into the hands of the enemy, into God's people. Gideon, if my words aren't enough as your God, go down and, and hear what you hear. And so in that vision, or in, in here, overhearing that dream, Gideon has courage. He, re, he returns to his troops. He returns to God's people, and they do. They have victory. In Acts 10, uh, the story of Cornelius and, and, and Paul, in this, or Peter, in this story, we have two separate visions, one from Cornelius about he's going to receive a visitor, and one from Peter about that I'm calling you into a different way to engage with this other group of people that you haven't engaged with yet, the Gentiles. People who are not, haven't been born into God's people, the Israelites, the Jews. I am calling the Gentiles into relationship with me and you're gonna be an open door and here's how you're gonna be an open door. We're not gonna close doors by the practices that you have been asked to follow by the Torah. Don't call anything unclean that I have made clean. And in these two separate visions, then we have this meeting in Acts chapter 10 of Peter and Cornelius. And with these two different visions, it offers clarity of what God is doing in his mission in the world. Dreams and visions can provide and offer clarity for God, what God desires to do and invites us to partner in his kingdom work in the world. And sometimes it's in those stillness, in those moments, in our dreams, where we're not consciously awake, but God still desires to speak. And even in those visions that, become, that, that repeat over and over again, those visions and those dreams can even be divine echoes. There's something to it. Do I, am I taking notice? Do I recognize that God is inviting me to hear and to understand and to live into more of my identity in him? And shedding less of what the world tries to put on. These divine echoes helps us to come back to the invitation that God has for us. Are we listening? Are we paying attention? Are we stopping long enough to recognize that even in the Kairos moments that become divine echoes, the Kairos moments on repeat, there's an invitation to step into more of who God is and who I am because of him. There are divine echoes in other areas, divine echoes through conversations that we have, Divine echoes through conversations with our coworkers and with our families and our loved ones and here even at church and with other, and other times and moments and opportunities that we have various conversations, it sparks a recognition that there's a pattern that exists and God wants to get my attention. Am I listening? 
Am I paying attention? There are, there are divine echoes, kairos moments on repeats through visuals, visuals in nature, visuals in all manners of ways that if, we, if, we're, tuned, if, we're, if we're tuned in to God, do we hear it? Do we see it? There are divine echoes through, through the music that we listen to, through the lyrics. Maybe even this morning there's been divine echoes, kairos moments on repeat that has been like, this is something God's inviting me to. This is something God wants me to experience. This is something God does not want me to miss. Pay attention. There are divine echoes through the books we read. Um, my, my, my Friday sol- silence and solitude was amazing. amazing. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going back through um, Liturgy of the Ordinary and I'm just listening to it, and it's like washing over me, and as, as I'm just listening to a couple chapters in it, so much of it is speaking to what God is inviting me into in my everyday, ordinary life. He's inviting me to experience God more and more in the everyday. Things that, we, that I just would normally just call ordinary, mundane, not exceptional. God's inviting me to see him in that, to see him as extraordinary, as exceptional, and he's inviting me into that, his presence in that way. I'm talking about like losing my keys, leftovers, checking emails. Yes, fights with my spouse, arguments with my children. God is inviting me in the everyday mundane, the things that we endure or experience every day of our life. My, my Friday silence and solitude was that washing over me. Hear me, Devin, hear me. This is on repeat. I'm here. I'm here in these moments. Don't miss it. Don't miss this invita- invitation. As we close this morning, if you turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, this was, this was helpful for, for me in hearing the voice of God. In desiring to hear his, hear his voice and desiring to know, God, what are you saying to me? What are you inviting me into? That Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews talks about that, that God will shake the earth. And the things that pass away, those are the things that, that they need to be shaken loose and to not remain. And the things that do remain, That's the kingdom of God stuff. That's God at work. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if, uh, for if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised saying, yet once more I will shake I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This, is, this expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which cannot be shaken as the created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Church, I invite us to take a moment to stop and to reflect. Where is it that these Kairos moments are on repeat and these divine echoes keep calling out to you, hear me, 
see me, know me. Our God is a consuming fire. He desires not to consume us, but to consume our spirit, our heart, so that what burns within us is the spirit of God. And what comes out of us is the spirit of God to these areas of darkness and of hopelessness and of hurt and of brokenness that are consuming fire that overflows out into the world that they would know that there is a God that loves them, that desires to commune with them, that desires to see wholeness and hope and love and restoration. Come, church, hear it. Who we? Yes. Come on. This is the God who shakes everything else and what remains is his kingdom. What remains is God's kingdom. Let the other things get shaken. Let those divine echoes help to refine and to, to, to attune your ears to God, for, your, for all your senses to be in tune with where God is at and what he is doing because he, he is inviting us all into a good work, a good work where we are the body of Christ called into a world that needs to know that there is a God that has created them, that, is, that loves them because he sent his son for them to die on a cross so that, that we could all have a way back to God, that we could all have a way back to commune with the Father and to know that, that it isn't just the temple, the church, that the, the consuming fire, the smoke of God, the Holy Spirit exists, but we are his temple. And when we leave this place, we go into the world, we go into our community, we go into our homes as the temple of God, filled with the consuming fire of the Holy Spirit to see about the transformation and the good work of God to come and for people to hear and to know and to receive the gift God has given each of us. Church, do you hear, do you see the divine echoes? Receive it, hear it, know it. He wants you to know more of who he is and who you are because of him. Take notice, take a moment. In this time of reflection and response, if God is calling you into response, make it an active one. Write it down. Tell a friend. Don't let this moment pass. If you hear a word from God, don't let it pass. Because if you do, we serve a God, it's gonna come around again. It'll echo again, and it'll echo again to his divine invitation. Let's pray. Lord God, in this time, may we hear your voice so clearly, so confidently, we can step, whatever that next step is for us, in faithfulness, in courage, in confidence, God. This is the way you've called us. This is the invitation you are inviting me into. Jesus, speak, I pray today, right now. Speak to our hearts. Amen.